Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. Really quick, I want to welcome our online viewers watching on YouTube and Facebook, and also you who are here, man. We're so glad you can be here with us today. You could have been anywhere else, but you decided to be here with us. Also, I want to give a special shout out to our first time guests. Hey, if this is your first time here, come on, give it up for our first time guests today. We are glad you've chosen to be with us today. And if this is your first time right after service, if you can go to our information center, we have a gift for you just to say thank you for coming. Um, and hopefully you, you felt at home today. Are you guys ready to dive into God's word today? As you know, which you got a handout, you guys got your handouts. We, we prepare these handouts for you so you can take some notes. And hopefully these messages uh, help shape and form your Monday, Monday through Saturday. Hopefully you're just not coming here and hearing it and not applying it. Uh, not that you're going to be perfect, but we want you to apply these things. So if you got a hand on your way out, if you didn't, keep your hand raised, and hopefully an usher will see you and they'll give you one. So if you have your hand raised, we'd love to give you a, uh, a fill out uh, so you can fill out with us and, and take notes. We've been in the series, Dare to Connect. This is week four. How many of you have enjoyed our sermon series that we're talking about? Connecting with God, daring to connect. Last week, Pastor Saul uh, gave a powerful message to the women on how they can connect and believe in, in the strong women that they are called to be. Today, Pastor Saul is not here. He's actually visiting our Wasco campus. He's um, getting them in trouble, uh, correcting everything that needs to be corrected out there. No, he, he sends his love. Uh, he says he's praying for you guys and believing that, that God's going to do something awesome. So like I said, we're in our Dare to Connect sermon series. And this week, uh, week four, we're talking on marriage. We got the emojis out there, the, 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 the marriage, right? So, so this message, I really believe, is for everyone, not just the married people. So really quick. How many unmarried single people are in the house? Yeah, you can, you can make some noise for yourself. It's okay to be single. Like nothing, no one's fresh. Keep your hand up really quick. All the single ladies who are not single men. I see some single people that don't want to raise their hands. You can raise your hands right now. It's okay. Keep your hand raised. Just a sidebar. Look around. You may find someone that God says. <laughs> Thank you guys. Put your hand in. Any um, newly engaged people in the house? There it is. I know we got one. Um, I don't see them here, but we're, they're up there. Yeah, give it up for Abner and Jasmine. They're on our worship team. They're freshly engaged. Somebody else. I know there's other. There we go. Back there. Yes, newly engaged. Give it up for our newly engaged people. Yes. Where, where my rider dies. How many married couples we got in the house? Married couples. Good job. I was going to be a little scared that single people were going to be happier than the married people, but you guys sound much happier, which is great. But throughout the, the, this message, this message is really for everyone, regardless of where you're at in life. If you're married and everything's going great, fantastic, hopefully you can take these points and use them. If you're going through a rough patch in your marriage, we pray that these things are able to help you and conquer and oversee these. If you're newly engaged, I hope you're really taking notes. So you can know what to do and what not to do. And then for those of you who are single waiting on what God has for your life, I believe this is the perfect time for you to really take notes 
apply them and use them for your future and what God has for you. But we're talking about marriage. And with talking about marriage, there's a reality in America that divorce is very popular. There's a lot of divorce. I'm gonna give you some numbers really quick. I didn't send them to the team, so, but, but we'll have me. 41% of first time people being married end in divorce. 41%. 60% of people who have been married for the second time end in divorce. 60%. For those who have been married the third time, it goes up to 73% of third time marriages will not end well. Fourth, they didn't even want to mention fourth. They were like, you know what? Maybe the Lord's calling you to be single. <laughs> no, through obstacles, it gets harder. Doesn't mean it's impossible. If this is your first, second, third, fourth, fifth, it doesn't matter. I, it doesn't just pertain to you, but uh, divorce is real. It, it happens all around America. I believe we're the fifth highest, fourth highest uh, divorce rate in the world. Here, here's another stat. Every 42 seconds, there is one divorce in America. That's the same as 86 divorces per hour. 2,046 divorces per day. 4,364 divorces per week. 746,973 divorces per year. I'm not here to get you down and get you all sad, but I want to tell you the reality. And when we talk about marriage, what are some things that we can apply so we won't have to go through that? That, that would be the same in percentage if we take 100 couples here and 51 of them, we tell them it is not going to work here. And you tell the other 51 couples to leave. Obviously, it's not about us. It's us against them. So we're all going to make it here. We're all good. But, but it's the reality of it. 51, 41% of marriages don't work. If I were to tell you, you have a 41% chance of being attacked by a dog on your way to throw out the trash, how would you take every day? There's a 41% chance that you will get bitten by a pit bull on your way to throw out your own trash. How would you do it? What would you do every day? I'm making sure I take a bat with me. I'm making sure, for those of you who carry, I'm making sure I'm with me, I'm protected. I'm planning for if a dog does come, I hope he does come, we'll see what happens. For marriage, why can't we have that same mentality? You know what, I wanna prepare, the, the, the statistics are against me, why don't I prepare every, each and every day to prepare to succeed in my marriage? Right? We see what, what the world's saying, it's failing, but how many believe as Christ believers, as Christians, we believe in a, in a God that can make all things work. So regardless of your circumstance, regardless in your, in your season, I believe God wants to do something in you and through you. So this week, obviously, I, I'm speaking, um, and I've been married for seven years. The, I got a little nervous because I was like, man, I do not know it. I don't know what I'm doing. But the awesome thing, and, and I want to give you a fair warning, is that this week's message was prepared with all our pastoral staff. So we have over like 70 years of marriage combined with everyone, right? Pastor Saul, Pastor George. So all these points and all these things we want to talk about, it's not necessarily that I met them or I do them all, but how we got together and we decided to say, how can we help our church? How can we give tools 
that, that can help and mold your Monday through Saturday? How, how can we give them uh, the, the bat, the correct bat, the correct gun to overcome the, div- the divorce rate? So we're going to be in the Bible today, and, and we're going to be in Matthew 19, 5. And it's referencing, it references Genesis 2, 24. For those of you who have your Bible or, or your handouts, your notes, follow along. But it says this, and he said, for this reason, a man should, shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one body. Now, we have to realize that, um, for those of you who didn't know, the Bible wasn't written in English. We know that, right? Uh, it wasn't. It's in Hebrew and Aramaic, so it's in different languages. So we see that translations can be a little different. So I wanted to break down just a little bit of this verse in the context of what it means. And when it means he will leave, another word will be he will depart. A man shall depart from his father's house. And in this, it requires understanding and knowing the fullness of this concept of this verse, and we read that it says we will depart. So what it really means or what it's meaning is that it means it would leave behind. It will change priorities. I'm pretty sure you all love your mom and your dad, but the moment you decide to get married, you're changing priorities. In other words, my priority is not to my mother or my father anymore. My priority is to my wife. Amen. We can talk back, guys. It's okay. We're, I, I'm not getting no one in trouble. We're, we're, we're good, guys. We can talk back. But it means to depart, to change priorities, to uh, culturally letting go of what you're used to and being willing to change. It, it also talks about to join or, or uh, to unite. To be united, to be stuck like glue. A good terminology would be if you get two pots of, of clay, they're, they're different, But if you were to get some water and clay them and put them in fire together, they literally become one. That's what it means to be united. This clay is bigger, maybe this clay is smaller, but together they become one clay. And through fire, with water, through time, it becomes stronger and stronger together. So it means to to stick to, to to, to bind in a mixture and harden, make it uh, so it dries up and is stronger. And then it talks about the flesh. And I know it talks about being intimate, but I love how it says this here. It means more than just the flesh and being intimate. It means to be a new, to have a new nature, to to be a genetic fusion. Two people are coming together to make something great, something holy, something uh, that God has put together. So when we read that verse, we, we have to take it into full context that it's more than just, I leave my mama's house to get with her house and we're good. It, it means there's a lot more sincerity, a lot more truth to what is to come in marriage. Now, perhaps some may be wondering if it's, well, is it just talking to the man? But in reality, it's talking to all species, to all human forms. Some translation will see whoever has a human face. So it's talking both to the, to the wife and to the husband. So the same way a husband leaves his mother's house, the same way a, 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 a woman leaves her father and mother's house. So today's message is for everyone. It's not just for the men, and it's not just for the women. How can we apply it? How can we be transparent and say, hey, th- this is going to relate to myself? So to clarify that, it's speaking of both. I know the Bible says men, it was a different culture, different time, but it means both. Are you guys with me? 
Yes. So having clarified that really quick, on the basis of importance, we see that God has created it for something greater. And before we can talk about connecting, we're going to have to know how do we disconnect from certain things, disconnect from false expectations. How many of you have had a false expectation in life? Not just in your marriage, guys, relax, but just in life, right? The reality and the expectation, the expectation and reality. How many of you enjoy fast food from time to time? Yes? There we go. Uh, so Carl's Jr., right, and all these burger spots, my favorite is McDonald's, but they love to portray and show you the burger. The Big Mac looks like the biggest thing in the world, right? A quarter pounder is just huge. But what's the reality when you see it? Exactly. It's just like, it's there. It's still delicious. I'm not going to lie. But it's not the same. I recently saw a TikTok or Instagram little video where, where how they, they really put it all together. They put glue. They spray painted it a little bit so the lettuce looks green. The tomato looks red. The burger's perfectly. And they do it all to, to kind of fool you and make you think this is what you're going to buy when in reality you're not. And I think sometimes we come into marriage that way. We have our expectations, and then there's the reality of things. When my wife and I got engaged, we got engaged in uh, 2014, and I, at the time I entered full-time in ministry, so I had moved out of my parents' house, and whenever I have her and my friends over for the house, I love to cook. I would cook, and somehow the house was always nice and clean. Everything was perfect. She'd come in. I'm pretty sure she's like, I've done one at all. You know what I mean? Not only is he talented, but he cooks, he cleans, he does it all. Little does she know is that my mom is a good helper, and my mom would come along the house, and she would make sure things are clean. I am, I am, I am. And my mom helped me out, right? Um, and later on, actually last year, we were talking about this with our life group, just what are some expectations in reality? And she kind of revealed her heart to me finally. You catfished me, bro. <laughs> I thought it was this way, and she found out it was not like that. Uh, God is still working in me, people. He is still working in me, so have some patience. But the expectation and the reality is true. And we have to disconnect from that and build a new culture. We have to realize that it, there's going to be some uncomfortable things in marriage. Am I saying the truth? It's going to be a little rough. And with that, we will have uncomfortable situations. For instance, you wake up in the morning, you think, man, I can't wait to kiss my bride or I can't wait to kiss my husband. But little did you know, man, your breath smells. At night, you fart and it's nasty. You know what I mean? Like... The expectation. We, we, we think it's going to be great and fabulous. Like, no, it's going to be sunshine and rainbows, right? And we all do it to, to Disney for the fairy tales and the novelas and all that. But the reality is there's going to be uncomfortable situations. Like, well, these are the people I've been in a relationship with before. These are the things we have to talk about before we get in marriage. Or while we're in marriage, we, we have to be able to overcome uncomfortable situations because if we don't then we start building this false harmony you start resenting you start getting mad on your way home from church from your home to church you guys are arguing fighting in the beginning we have our marriage uh, logo but in there there's a bunch of emojis and you're like happy and then you're mad and then you're sad and then you you want to other churches they want to cuss each other out not here but they want to cuss each other out it's just horrible right it's hard and we, don't, we have this sense of false harmony because we're not willing to overcome the uncomfortable situations. 
which leads to a lack of trust. I can't trust him. He lied about this. She lied about that. He catfished me and said they were, he's a good, he clean. No, you know what I mean? There's the reality, we lose a lack of trust and it can harm our relationships. And then it also, there's a culture clash. Men, never tell your wife, well, this is the way my mom does it. Right? It, it, it's, it's different. There's different cultures. And, and I'm not talking about your, your nationality, but just in your home and what you were raised with. Everyone has different uh, way of doing life. They, they, we all do. So we have to understand if we're coming together, how are we going to talk about these cultures? How are they going to align with each other? How are they going to, how can we be honest with each other and not compare the way she cooks to the way my mom cooks or the way my dad fixes things, you don't fix things. It has to be truth and it has to be told. There's going to be a culture clash. There's also going to be different goals. You have to talk about your different goals. If my wife's goal is to move to New York and that is not my goal, then we have to talk about these things. As you're married right now, you may have different goals from one another, but how are you being open and having a good dialogue and saying, you know what, let's talk about these things. These are my goals. What are your goals? And for those of you who are single, we're preparing you. These are the things you want to talk about. What do I want to do? My wife knew I felt called to full-time ministry. Babe, there's no money here. Like, let's, let's be real. Like, are, are we okay? If you're not, I have to be okay with that. We had to be honest. We, we have to be clear with each other. And we talked about things because we have different goals, but how do we make them our goals, right? And then we have different personalities. You're different than your wife, maybe, or maybe you guys are the same. I don't know. Everyone's different. But for sure, in my case, my wife is quiet. She's not going to talk. She's not going to go get the attention. Um, on the other hand, I do like to talk. And I will be a little louder. And, and I have to be okay with I know she's not going to be up here preaching and, and doing this. And she's not on the worship team. But I know her strengths. She knows mine. I'm glad she is the way she is because it makes me better. It, it, she humbles me down. She, she corrects me when I need to be corrected. And it works out. I asked her yesterday, if someone gave you $1,000, would you speak the message today? She's like, no, I'm good. She, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it takes. We're different personalities. You are a different person than your spouses. You are a different person than the person you were dating. You are different than the person you're going to be married to. And you have to be willing to speak about these situations and, and things going on so it can better your marriage. And then there's also finances. How are we going to talk finances? Are we going to set aside and save money and, and invest for our future? Are we going to uh, use stocks? Are we going to go into real estate? Are we going to just um, spurge our money and just live check by check? And sometimes we don't talk about those things. And, and those are things that later hurt us. Because one's saying like, hey, let's save. Let's not go out to eat. I know you want to eat out of the same. But the other person say, hay frijoles en la casa. You know what I mean? Like there's food at home. How are we being wise with that? And if we're able to locate ourselves in our own stage of marriage and have matured enough to disconnect from false expectations, then I think we can move on to connecting. After you disconnect from these things, you talk about these things, you mature in these things, you're honest and open about these things, you're able to grow in your marriage. 
which leads me to my second point. Anybody like math? Yes, she was loud. She does like math. I don't, but here's math for you, right? Very simple. Christ plus you plus me equals we. Say that again. Christ plus you plus me equals we. In marriage, one thing I had to learn quick is it's not about what I want. It is about what we want. And we have to be very honest about that. We, we have to take consideration and disconnect from old culture and build new culture. Ecclesiastes says two are better than one. And the old culture, it says things like, maybe your parents tell you or your friends tell you, they tell you things like, marry someone to make you happy. Mija, I want you to marry someone that makes you happy. I understand the heart behind it. But a new culture, a different way of thinking would be marry to make someone happy. And I know it's kind of weird and not normal, but, but if we're really being centered by Christ, we see Christ as the perfect example. For Christ did not come to serve, but to be served. And to think, man, what do you mean I have to care? Yes, serve them as Jesus serves you. Scripture says wives submit to husbands, but husbands, love your wife the way Christ loves the bride. That's not just use the submit wives part, but how are we as men submitting and saying, honey, whatever you, you need, how can I serve you? I, I've realized in life, the more you serve people, people are able to serve you. And imagine if everyone had that mindset, the mindset of Christ. I'm here to serve. I'm here, I'm here to help them. And, and in return, I, I think you get blessed. And we have to build that culture. Ephesians 4, 32 says, Rather be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as Christ God forgave you. How can each and every morning we have the mentality of, man, I want to be tenderhearted towards my spouse. And I want to forgive them. One thing I heard a while back, um, we were at a retreat and, and they were speaking on marriage and, and just life in general. But they say, one thing I tell my son, my daughter, my wife, whoever I'm around is I ask them three questions. And I've applied this is, is what am I doing good? What can I do better? And what do I need to say sorry for? Imagine if you applied those in your relationships. Hey, uh, first of all, lift me up because I'm human and I don't want to get sad. So tell me what I'm doing good. Don't tell me what I'm doing bad, but tell me what I can get better at. And then lastly, what do I need to say sorry for? Maybe in your marriage there's something you need to say sorry for and you don't even know. And once you say that, it, it might propel you to a next level. But we have to have the law of Christ and submitting to one another. And that's the new command that we get in John 13, 34, and 35. It reads, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. If you want to connect in a new culture, you must connect through your values. What are the values you guys share? What are the principles you're living off of? Have those things been communicated? Are, are, are they being expressed to, to be able to, to have those values and embrace those values. Values are the foundation of behavior 
that will later take, take hold on your children. But what are we teaching our children? How are we modeling this relationship? Pastor Adrian spoke uh, in the Spanish service and he, he started off with this question. I'd love to share it with you. Would you marry yourself? Man, for some of you, you've grown, you're, you're not where you used to be, but think about when you first, when you first were engaged. Would you marry yourself? Wherever you're at, are, are those thoughts coming to reality? Maybe you're sitting right now, man, I wouldn't even marry myself right now. And that's okay. At least you're being honest. How do we work on improving? How do we work on, on living by grace? And again, as the verse says, forgiving one another, forgiving one another and moving into maturity. We have to connect with the way we think. It, it can't just be my desires, it has to be our desires. And we have to talk about these things. Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together without first agreeing? Single people, engaged people, are we being honest about saying, hey, I'm ready to go this way, are you? Because before we move forward, before we, 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 we go forward, we have to agree. Because if we don't right now, let's be wise about it. Let's take our time. Let's get to know each other a little better. Maybe there's some things you can change, I can change, we can change to better help this marriage. And for those of us who are married, can we have those conversations each and every day? I have to tell my wife, sorry for everything all the time. I'm consistently being annoying. I'm consistently leaving stuff on the floor. I'm consistently forgetting things. But I have to be willing, like, forgive me. And she has to be the same way both ways. Are you guys with me, church? We have to connect with the roles that produce equality and fairness. The distribution of tasks in marriage will be a role model for children at home in the environment of our teamwork. Is it a teamwork or is it what only dad says and only mom says? Your kids are watching. Your kids are looking regardless of how I'm, I have a four-year-old and I have to remind myself, whoa, be careful of how you act because grace sees everything. And Grace will do a certain way Papa did or Mama did, and she will imitate it. So I get convinced, like, man, I got to change certain things, certain words I shouldn't say, certain habits I, I do. And they're a constant reminder. So I want to encourage you. Are you connecting and making it a, a, a fair playing field? And then are you connecting with your husband and wife? Which leads me to my third and final point. We will dare to connect. So, so we've, we've told you what you need to dis disconnect from. We're telling you what, what's going to work. Christ plus you plus me equals we. And the third is action point. For all married people, we dare you to connect. Th this isn't going to work. It's not going to get your marriage. won't get better unless you really dare yourself to go above and beyond. For those who are interested, we have a great, great marriage conference coming up at the end of June, June 24th and 25th. It's actually how we centered our, our sermon series for the next few, few months. It's Dare to Connect. That's what it's called. And you have to be willing to, to connect, but you also have to be willing to invest. It's going to take some money to grow your marriage. In other words, going to conferences, Having a date night. I, I'm truly, we're truly, truly blessed. Like, I, I do not take it lightly that once a week, we, 
according to our schedule, our kids go spend the night at my mom and dad's house. So we get a, a full night of just, this is us. And sometimes we go out, we have dinner, we, we, we do all this. And sometimes we just stay home because we're getting older. So it's just like, we're cool, we'll just eat some food. But it's, it's intentional. How are you being intentional about your date nights? How are you being intentional saying, you know what, today I'm gonna prioritize my wife. And sometimes when we come into to marriage or, or once we have kids, priorities te- tend to change. But something I, I'm reminded of myself each and every time is that Grace and Jeremiah are one day gonna leave me. Grace is gonna leave me for another man. And although it hurts my heart right now, I have to be willing that when the kids leave, if I didn't focus on marriage and just focused on family, one's gonna suffer. And that's the reality. Your kids will leave you. I mean, my wife could leave me, but I hope she doesn't. I I hope we're gonna be together, right? We're gonna be with each other forever and we have to be able to build that. So we encourage you, go to this marriage conference. Sign up on, on the church center right in front of you. There's a QR code. You can sign up. There's a, an event, and you're able to sign up and invest in your marriage. Plus, it's going to be in Irvine, California. It's going to be way better weather than Bakersfield. And you're just going to have a good weekend of learning growing. So we encourage that. Maybe it's not the conference for you. Maybe you guys are at a different stage where, where you need to be honest and say, maybe we need to seek some counseling. Maybe we need to face the reality of of things aren't working. So how do we find someone who can walk with us? And I believe here at at church, we have great pastors who are able to walk with you and help you. Call the church and say, hey, I want to schedule a a, a marriage counseling session. We have plenty of pastors that are able to invest in you. And again, it doesn't mean that they're perfect, but how can we come to agreement? How can we come in knowing uh, each other better? So we encourage you because I really believe that you're just one conversation away from your miracle in your marriage. I believe you're one conference away from seeing the miracle in your marriage to help it grow, to help to uh, understand each other. And lastly, we have four little things that we want to speak about that we challenge you to, to connect. And one of them being mentally. How do you connect mentally? discussions and agreements because every decision has a consequence and results. Establishing a pattern of thinking where both truly walk together will turn any couple who's messed up into something stable. So this week, maybe you need to focus on how do I understand my wife? How do I understand my husband mentally? How, does they, how do they think? What are some patterns that they're growing in their life that I have to see? For a lot of us who have been married, you understand certain behaviors. You know and you, you understand these tendencies. Second is, how do we connect physically? Some of you guys got really excited for that one, huh? But we have to connect. And not, not just talking about sex, but there's other ways to connect. Do I understand my wife's likes? Do, do I understand her habits? Do I understand that she likes it if I hold your hand? Or maybe she doesn't like it when I hold your hand. But what are the things that I'm learning from her? Vice versa, how is she learning what I like and what I don't like? Because looks are gonna fade away. They will fade away. And eventually you have to have something more than just physical attraction. There has to be a physical want, like I want to be with my wife. 
I want to be with my husband. And it starts through, through talking and through understanding people's body languages and being willing to, to learn those things. Another is we challenge you to connect emotionally. Passion and focus on a vision. A healthy emotional environment and being emotionally connected. Being able to understand one's own patterns of their partner. Do, do I understand what makes my wife angry? Does she understand that? How, how can I connect with her emotionally and go above and beyond? Understand that she does not think the way I think and she, I don't think the way she thinks. So we have to be willing to connect emotionally. The last thing is how do you connect spiritually? And I think wherever you're at in your, your, your season of marriage, whether it's you need to get intimate emotionally, mentally, or physically. The number one thing that we encourage you to do is how do both of you become spiritually connected? Above all else, I believe if you start with this one thing, things will get better. Maybe not tomorrow or next week, but they will eventually get better with time. If you allow Jesus to be the center of your marriage, you, you trust the ultimate maker of all things. You're able to focus on, on, on just how do we honor God to the best of our abilities. Do you pray together? My wife and I have a Bible plan we do. How are we being intentional of just growing in our relationship with Jesus? Do you have prayer time together? Do you pray for them on their way out of word? Do you constantly text reminders like, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm believing in you. Or is there things that you say like, hey, I need prayer for this. These are the things I'm going through. These are the things I need help with. But can I lean on my partner to pray for me and vice versa? Can we stand to our feet, church? I want to leave off with Ecclesiastes 4.12. It says, one alone can be overcome but two can resist. The three-stranded rope is not easily broken. So right there where you're at, if your husband or your wife is here, or your fiance or your, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, I encourage you, if you're willing, can you just hold their hand? Regardless of where you're at, maybe you guys are going through the worst of the worst, but today I, it might hurt, it might be hard, but can you just grab their hand? And just say, hey, I'm willing to work with this, but maybe God needs to work in you before he, he works in, in your guys' marriage. And today, I want you to just pray over that person. You don't have to do it out loud, but in your heart, you know your circumstances, you know your life, and we're going to worship a little bit. Can you worship with your, with your, with your fiancé, your husband, your, your wife, whoever's there, just let's worship together. And as we sing these songs, we make sure that Christ is the center of our lives. And he is the cornerstone of our life. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the Lifehouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at Lifehouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. 
That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.